creating a system where you randomly pick uh, a couple customers from the top and from the bottom and give them a, send them a message or an email. Hey, I'd love to jump on a call. We're a brand that is just starting and nothing recording, nothing fancy in terms of serving it. Can we jump on a call and hear why you bought the product? How was the, tell me a little bit, how did you navigate the website? That gave so many ideas of campaigns, of things we need when improving the funnel uh, that are there for free in a call. Welcome to ShareHouse, where you'll discover tips, trends, and takeaways from top product and e-commerce experts. We'll talk about it all, from product design to product sales, e-commerce to retail, and operations to marketing. Join your hosts, Emerson Hammer and Russell Steed. Welcome back to the ShareHouse. We are a community of people passionate about the e-commerce industry, so you're in the right place if you want to learn more about uh, about e-commerce and, and how to better your skills and better what you are doing within your business. Whether you're an entrepreneur, entrepreneur, you're in the right place. Today, I'm having a conversation with a good buddy of mine, Gabe. He is a wizard. Honestly, he has done so much for for a few, quite a few brands. He's, he's deep into the, into the marketing, into the paid ads industry. And him and I, you know, we, we connect here and there, uh, just to kind of see the state of the industry, what's going on, what's new, what's happening, what are you seeing that works? And this was key through COVID as we both were trying to figure out how to, how to increase revenue and, and keep our, keep, uh, keep things afloat during such a crazy time. And so without further ado, Gabe, do you mind giving us a, a little intro into yourself? Thank you. Yeah, I would definitely not call myself a wizard. Uh, that is not <laughs> on my LinkedIn. Um, but basically, I've been in the industry, or uh, I'm Brazilian, um, and been working in e-com and overall retail for huh, more than I wish, uh, maybe <laughs> close to 15, 18 years, I would say. I'm wow. 35, so it's been quite a while. More you retail look, and... You look 22. Honestly, I thought you were like yeah. 24, maybe. So. Yeah, I know. Baby face, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Uh, but have been in mostly retail, started with retail and then uh, moved the ladder to e-com uh, back here, back in Brazil. I'm currently in Brazil. Okay. Uh, but when moving to Canada, uh, kind of really stepped into more of a, t I, until then I was more of e-com, but focused in, in negotiations and talking mm -hmm. to major brands to actually advertise on the channel uh, for, for a specific retail. Uh, mm -hmm. So when moving to Canada and that I, that I had to learn English, I went there to learn English and ended up staying, decided to stay in the country, got in love with Vancouver, uh, mm -hmm. decided to hide myself behind analytics because analytics has zero language skills, is really <laughs> about the numbers, uh, yeah. and that was my plan. Mm -hmm. Of course, life is not quite like that. Uh, ended up, <laughs> my first job in digital marketing per se, ended up being SEO. Mm -hmm. It was a shit show, but... Um, <laughs> But it was uh, learned so much, learned a ton, uh, and got really into the whole digital, then digital marketing. And this has been, I've been in Canada for almost nine years now. Mm -hmm. uh, the last five years or so, like trying to push things through a bit, I got really into e-com uh, and the whole ecosystem of e-com because I ended up working in a company that was about to launch. So I was working with one of the, of the founders before of Vessi. Uh, that is a waterproof shoe company. And at that time, we were about to launch the first Kickstarter campaign. Mm -hmm. And that is how everything started there. Uh, ended up learning how to advertise for Kickstarter that is very specific and has its own framework. And you know that really well. Yeah. yeah. Um, and not that many people know that. Or you rely on agencies, but you don't see a lot of people doing it that don't rely on those big players, those 
big agencies that are known already in the industry. And we started doing a very good job. Uh, and with a couple campaigns, uh, we ended up getting to meet the other co-founder of Vassi. Uh, and he brought the shoes. We ended up getting really excited with the idea and launched the first one. That first Kickstarter became two Kickstarter, uh, three million after uh, a, a lot of things happened. And we saw that that was a product and not a, that was a brand, not necessarily just a Kickstarter product. Right. So that evolved quite a bit. And with that evolution, I, I had to catch up as well. Uh, mm -hmm. From running the first ad to then becoming the media buyer and then becoming okay, Facebook's not enough, what else and what else and what else, mm -hmm. to the point that four years down the road, I was leading the, 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 the whole growth uh, of the team. Got to a point where things were, for me personally, a bit stagnant, uh, trying to find new things to do, uh, having different ideas and came across a different uh, brand called Extra, uh, Extra.app, that is where currently I reside, I guess, mm -hmm. um, yeah. where we are building an amazing product just for the US, there is a debt card that builds credit. That is the initial product. And that is the first time that I'm actually working with a product uh, that doesn't have inventory holding me back. Yeah. So I, for, for whoever likes scale, uh, I think we always find that ceiling once you start pushing too hard where mm -hmm. SQs start becoming a problem. Mm -hmm. Of course, the grass is always greener, I must say. There is yeah. always a problem. There are other challenges in terms of mm -hmm. scale now, but that is where I am. I've been scaling extra for the last five months and it's been quite a journey. I, I'm not from FinTech for a long time. I was very proud calling myself e the e-com guy, e-com in my DNA. Mm -hmm. And now I'm implementing all the tactics that you know and all the strategies into a brand new industry in FinTech. But it's, it's also fun. A lot of yeah. things to do and learn. That's, I mean, that's an interesting switch. So, you know, we, we knew each other back when you were at Vessi and Honestly, like the the analytics that you ran and like kind of the the spreadsheets and the the things that you showed me and that you talked about, I was like, nah, you know, that's that's like next level stuff. You know, getting into the data of um, of paid advertising, which you can easily go down so many rabbit holes, specifically within Google, within Facebook, within you know Google Shopping in and of itself, like can just be its own thing. And so um, within the uh, and then you know, I guess we'll we'll talk a lot about you know what you learned at Vessi, what you're kind of implementing now. Um, and then kind of how that transition has been and, and what are like kind of the tried and true principles that work across the board versus like what what's worked for product based business versus uh, um, versus the, I guess, more of a software a service, style. Yeah, yeah, service, service. service yeah. yeah. So very kind of different, but I'm curious if there, there's some crossover there. So I guess first up, just um, what were like kind of the biggest lessons, the biggest things that you learned when working with a product business and, and like what what. Uh, what were the big wins that you had when you were over at Vessi? Well, um, I think the major one is navigating, uh, creating frameworks that allow you to navigate inventory. Uh, because first, you don't control demand. You can try. You, you can run ads. You can be around the specific dates, create specific campaigns, create discounts, and so on. But demand has has its own ways sometimes, and you have to be ready. For example, for COVID or well, no one was ready for Nobody it. Nobody was ready for COVID. Yeah, no, no <laughs> way. But I mean, even when that hit, how to behave and what do you have in place to allow scale at, at that stage? And to me, those were kind of the wins. Uh, first, from a, a culture standpoint, being able to have work with the team, it was very open to the new. And that is something I keep trying to implement every, every place I go. So 
and that came a lot from Tony, one of Vessi co-founders. Uh, he has a mindset of mm -hmm. let's leverage every opportunity that comes our way. Uh, if the wind moves, we move our, uh, us, ourselves as well. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and that is amazing. And that creates kind of a mindset that in marketing, that is key. And being more specific about things is is having a solid foundation for everything you're you're running, mm -hmm. from influencers to emails to SMS to paid advertising on the Facebook, Snap, TikTok, and so on. Yeah. So at least building that foundation was really really important. And touching to what you mentioned in terms of that analytics, that was the foundation. That was mm -hmm. trying to create our own way of looking at all the metrics the industry that is standard in the industry, but finding our way of looking at it. Uh, there was no necessarily, and I, if we talk about attribution, I don't think no one has a right or wrong answer. Mm -hmm. Each brand, each product for that matter, I've seen brands see attribution specifically for specific products. Uh, so that is quite interesting as well. You're not looking at a, the same funnel for, for everything. So mm -hmm. building those foundational funnels were very, very key to allow us those wins and and then we, we can mention COVID. COVID was a major win uh in terms of was a very tough time that was our black friday all over again because we were able to really capture that momentum uh talking to the community this as a team discussing okay what can we do now and the answer was we want to help that was the only thing that could come up on any brainstorming session mm -hmm. we want to help and how can we help Let's give product. Let's give product to nurses. Let's give mm -hmm. products to whoever is suffering the most in this this whole thing. And that was the first thing we did. We gave, we made a giveaway that we gave a thousand a thousand pairs to to a specific country. So we did one for US and one, the other one for Canada because we have two storefronts on Shopify. Mm -hmm. So we, we did different uh, different campaigns, and the amount. I'm not even talking. I'm going to remove myself from the brand side and the brand equity that we built with this and the whole awareness because those are more subjective in how we measure. Yeah. But the amount of leads we got that I could retarget, the, the amount of sales we got from this, referrals, referral codes, and so on, was, was impressive. We mm -hmm. didn't expect this. Uh, we collected more than 100,000 emails in the first two days. Wow. Uh, if you calculate the standard cost per lead, of any e-com brand, mm -hmm. you're gonna see how profitable that campaign was. Uh, and all the opportunities you have right there, because you already have a, a solid fund on the email side, on retargeting, mm -hmm. on creating new journeys for them, in opening new channels of conversation with them. That yeah. to me was was definitely a milestone, it was something that I mm -hmm. remember for a long time. So <clears throat> that's interesting. What was kind of the rollout there? Like was it paid ads, like what was the strategy of, of Getting those hundred thousand emails—that's that's huge. That's so many in just one in two days. So the the strategy there was way more. Uh, so there there was the whole reactive piece, right? There there mm -hmm. was like okay, sales are going down. That was a beginning of the second week. So we ended the first week. We saw the behavior. Okay, pushing back on ads. Let let's slow down things. What can we do? That was the discussion, mm -hmm. and then we built. We tried to do the basics fairly well. Uh, and I will say we, we didn't reinvent the wheel. Our survey was a type form, like mm -hmm. where by the second hour, I had to update my account three times, my billing, because uh -huh. I was hitting thresholds every every hour. Like, okay, you need more, you need more. 
but it was worth it. We were calculating, okay, are, are those real emails? They are, okay. Are these are these emails of like people who wanted free product or is the or you know how how did that what will what were those leads coming through? So we were very open in terms of how the, the the campaign would go and we had major learnings from the first campaign to the second as well. But basically it was a landing page where we would open uh, for people to sign up for give their emails and then they from the landing page you go to the type form. And on the type form, we would qualify them by refer someone that is a nurse uh, or sorry, let me take a step back. Actually, a healthcare worker, uh, because it wasn't just nurses. There there was a whole list. And that is that is part of the learning of pivoting as we as we are going, because the first thing, okay, it's not just nurses. There is a a major community being impacted. And then, Mm -hmm. okay, oh, shoot, we forgot someone. And then you need to keep including those people, those, mm-hmm. those professions as you go. And that was part yeah. of adapting to it. Uh, and that was a type form with a, a follow-up email, making sure they, okay, you, you sign up, make sure we are on your main, main tab. So favorite us because we're going to send a new email and that new email would be or the winner or we're going to communicate the next step. And that's what mm-hmm. was so v- very simple. There was no major like sequence or drip, n- nothing mm-hmm. was... And a lot was of the, the promotion of it was the first one that was for Canada. We did first Canada and then we did US. Mm-hmm. Um, that was fully organic. We didn't spend in terms of ad spend, but the, the call to action was a lot. Tag people that you know, make mm-hmm. sure you are inviting the people that deserve this. Yeah. And that was the whole CTA. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. and that spread like fire. Yeah, well, I could see that because I mean, it's got a lot of uh, viral components within that whole campaign. The momentum but, was there in a way, in a weird way. Yeah, but and I mean, timing like you try to do that right now, and it might catch on a little bit, but you guys probably just hit the right time. And the cool thing is that it came from a uh, not wanting to necessarily make money off this campaign. It's like, what can we do? And so it was, it, you know, kind of going back to the uh, if you've ever read Start with Why or. Uh, um, Simon Sinek, he talks about like, you know, mm-hmm. people buy why you sell a product, not necessarily what the product is. Um, you know, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, no, that, that's, that's awesome. That, that, that was kind of a, a big one that you guys had there and kind of had that omni-channel approach, but then you were able to then capitalize off of that goodwill and that good, that, that brand equity, and then be able mm-hmm. to monetize that over you know, probably the following yeah and, and there were tons of failures into that too like mm-hmm. right after okay let's keep that going let's let's try a new framework let's do another one some mm-hmm. of them failed then we learned okay you need to be specific when we talked about healthcare made sense but when mm-hmm. you talk to any frontline worker people don't resonate with that you don't quite think about someone when i say that yeah. but if we talk about a specific industry if you talk if you, because we wanted to still help yeah. and that was that was basically the framework we found mm-hmm. successful uh so we looked we, we had we had also bumps there when we mm-hmm. when we tried just from uh frontline workers and that would cover hotel workers and also healthcare and everything mm, it's yeah. too messy too many messages yeah. so th- there were a lot of learnings on those mm-hmm. yeah making sure that you, it's simple and it resonates and that it can can go yeah. from there that, that definitely makes sense so um from from that point um I guess let me step back. You you you've mentioned framework a little bit. Well, how do you mm-hmm. I guess dive into that just a little bit so you can kind of explain what what do you mean by like a framework? Is it literally how you set up the ads or is it the strategy that you're you're referring to or, or 
can no, you even it, explain framework? <laughs> framework? I can try. I can try. Um, so basically what I'm trying to say is there are core principles in what we do in terms of uh, in digital marketing that is what we call the funnel that have very specific touch points. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and that is a landing page. That is your lead capture. That is your call to action. That is your email, welcome email, second, third, second ask. Okay, you have their emails. What else you're going to ask? You're going to get SMS. You're going to get a push notification or no. And, and that, that is what I'm talking about. A framework is laying it out your funnel in the most simplistic one, the, the basic one from where, when first where they come from. That is quite important. Uh, so the source where, where they're landing and then what are your asks? Yeah. It can be even selling directly the product or it can, no, I'm going to probably it's a 10% pop-up. That's so standard, mm -hmm. a 10% pop-up. After this, I'm going to offer the product. And then if I have their emails, I'm going to offer, a, try to get their phone number. Mm -hmm. Those are, that, that is basically the one, two, three, four, five step kind of thing mm -hmm. that I really think you need to have that organized in a way that you understand. Uh, the place you send Facebook ads shouldn't be the same that you send branded search that shouldn't ideally shouldn't be the same that you're sending influencers yeah and then once they land the sequence continues right where, where what do you ask you shouldn't be asking the same things uh you can ideally that could be your benchmark you start with that and then okay I, you see your metrics and then you start refining um that is pretty much it. And by any means that is perfect or easy. Uh, I'm making it sound easy, easy, but even for extra, I'm just in the beginning of setting up a lot of those frameworks. Right. Yeah. And I was, I was going to like, as you were saying that, like, I, I bet that's the one thing or one of the main things that has translated from, from industry to be able to say like, this is the framework, this is the funnel. Um, and I will say like, I've, I've seen what you did at Vessi and, uh, you know, specifically within, you know, you actually walked me personally, walked me through, um, how you built in those funnels and those landing pages for your influencers and how you kind of handled that and built that framework there. So I've seen them work. And honestly, Vessi, uh, you, uh, you were there from the beginning all the way until very recently. And uh, I know you still have contact with those guys over there. So I would say, you know, you're, you're a big part of that, why that brand is what it is. And I've, I've heard it in random places. Like I've just been listening to podcasts and they, you know, talk about Vessi or, you know, just very organic things, which is super cool to see the, you know, that work that, that you put in and, and those frameworks and those influencers that you built uh, really, really paid off, honestly. And, and uh, um, I will say that's, that's one thing that I personally can do better at within marketing is creating those, those frameworks, those funnels and saying like, this is the journey that I think it's so easy for brands to, to fall into. And I've fallen into this where we just like, oh, just throw them to a collection page, you know, you know, run an ad, throw them to a collection page, throw them to the, the product page. Uh, they didn't convert. Let's just, you know, do a retargeting ad, send them back to the product page. It's just like, when you, when you say it like that, you realize that doesn't make as much sense. Uh -huh. yeah, That's true. So. And I must say that a lot of uh, that framework that we were talking about uh, in terms of the influencers and so on came from necessity. Mm -hmm. uh, when Facebook started getting funky and expensive, uh, the main example I can think of was when uh, the American elections came through. That was very close to the holidays and Black Friday. Uh, if you remember, oh, yeah. and we yeah. were, oh my God, what are we going to do there? We we're going to compete with the entire retail plus elections with people that are, don't care 
have zero care about performance. It's just dumping money into the platform. What should we do? And that was even before iOS, but then iOS also came uh, that, that is more, more recent. Yeah. And what we learned was how can we, the goal of influencers right off the, from the beginning was how can we build qualified prospects outside of Facebook? That was mm -hmm. the answer I was trying to, to find. Uh, and, and then we started realizing if you get channels such, a, such as YouTube or podcasts, where you have someone speaking about a product, qualifying, explaining, giving reasons why, that kind of thing. And then the person actually takes an action to go there. You're qualifying your prospect way better than a three-second ad, if you ask mm -hmm. me, uh, on yeah. Facebook. So when we saw that, we saw it's not, it's, kind of, it's not an apples to apples comparison. You shouldn't be calculating how much a cost per session from YouTube versus a Facebook cost per session should be, but you can mm -hmm. calculate your, your CPA or your ROAS, whatever metric you use for, the, for that benchmark. Uh, and that was a bit of how we, we started. Okay, we needed more qualified prospects. How do we do it? And then came the discussion. We started seeing major influx from it. Okay, let's make sure the lead capture was customized. So if I'm talking, if Russell is promoting my brand, when people land there, the pop-up they will see will have Russell's face or something related to, the, to, to Russell's channel. And then the CTA would be more with that tone of voice, ideally, or with some specific keywords that you use, if you call your users or your listeners something, trying to add that spin. And ideally, the first touch of the email would also have some sort of spin. Mm -hmm. uh, same with the phone request and the first phone message. And those are not really hard to do. It's just, it's more time consuming and you need to pick your fights. Like mm -hmm. just do with the Pareto, right? Pareto law, 80%. Uh, twenty percent of your traffic will drive eighty percent of the results. So focus on those, uh, and that's what we did. And then we broke it down by country or by provinces, because in Canada uh, we call it provinces. Yeah. And we had major provinces that had better performance. Same for the U.S. New York was a major player. Mm -hmm. How I customize people landing from New York? All the platforms we use, and there is nothing robust. Like, well, it's a robust platform, but it's not nothing different from what in the. Uh, other retails or, or e-com brands have, that is Klaviyo. Klaviyo can segment by by IP. You, you can build your funnel right there, or you can be fancy, get a, a pop-up tool yeah. and so on. It's yeah. really up to you. But we started with the basic, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Sorry, I'm going a tangent a bit, but. No, not at all. It's it's super interesting. And I was gonna ask, like, I mean, it can, it can seem very overwhelming going from, okay, we've got one pop-up on our site, we've got, you know, one landing page, one, you know, a bunch of ads all running to the same spot to saying like, okay, now I need to create a funnel and like a, a, a framework for all these different maybe campaigns or, or influencers or that kind of thing. So I guess, how did you guys manage that? Was it, did you just have like a ton of people on your, on your team to be able to help execute? Or did you simplify it by saying, hey, here's the template and we're just copying that? Uh, did it, was it a mix of that or, or how did you go about doing that? Yeah, it was a bit of a hybrid. Um, we had, we, we still have, or let me rephrase. Vessi has uh, an agency working on that side, uh, mm -hmm. on the email side, that we would request those to be made. But a lot of those, because not always was very organizing, like, I'm going to drop this guy in a month from now. Let's put the request together. <laughs> that yeah. doesn't really happen the day to day. Mm -hmm. So, okay, they're dropping tomorrow. We need that up. Who can go on Canva, get the photo, and do it? That is a bit what it is. Uh, mm -hmm. So, 
ideally, I, I wish I could say that everything was in a roadmap and, <laughs> and, and, and went through perfectly, yes. but that wasn't the case. Um, the, but we had that support and that made the difference. Uh, I think where was very important is picking the right fights on, I'm not going to do my, at, at certain point, we had a hundred plus influencers uh, over a, a month and a half or so. You want you you have zero ability to do for all hundred influencers the same thing. So picking the right ones, not always was the bigger one. Uh, you start seeing engagement rates, you start seeing click through rates. Uh, if you start having recurring partners, and then you pick people that maybe they have a ten thousand ten thousand I I wouldn't say but fifty thousand followers or or, or, or yeah, followers, let's use that. And they were providing or delivering way more than people with a million. But mm -hmm. the delivery of their ad, their integration, as we call it, like they would spend two minutes like talking about the product, using the product, showcasing under the water. Mm -hmm. uh, and some people would just read the script kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. then that really changes the performance of those, right? So. Yeah, influencers, that's like a whole nother realm that, you know, I've worked with guys that are 1.5 million followers that drove zero, like nothing. They have yeah. terrible engagement. You know, they grew their audience based off of who knows what. And then you got the 80,000 follower person that just that has the most cult loyal following. So, that, I mean, that's a whole nother discussion, right? But yeah, and you need to break that down by channel because that also mm -hmm. changes how, how it behaves. It's it's totally. it's, it's insane. Yeah. So um, I kind of want to shift just really quick. You mentioned uh, iOS changes and kind of how that impacted you guys. How have you seen that within the Vessi world, within the extra world, you know, kind of across those two uh, two different industries? Has iOS really kind of affected you guys negatively or have you found a way around it? I, I think so. It definitely impacted. Uh, it was bad, but it was good. And there, uh -huh. what I'm trying to say is the lack of data or the the amount of data we always had that we were, we were used to it was overwhelming and was distracting in some ways. Um, so getting that granularity was always great, mm -hmm. but but you get lost in that that ocean of data that we always have. You know, over like analysis always by paralysis to. or you know pra no paralysis by analysis. By like, analysis. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so in in that way it was tough because we were used to seeing <clears throat> excuse me uh, way more data and way more signals. Uh, but once that hit, and even before when all the announcement and all the discussion started, we started moving a lot to a more blended approach where you see the input or the output of all those channels more consolidated because you don't have more of that granularity. And, and then you have your blended investment, then you have your blended revenue, and then you, you come up with your, sometimes some people call it marketing MER, some people call it blended ROAS. Yeah. Has I've, heard, I've heard all of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, all fancy terms of terminology. Uh -huh. But I would say we started looking more high level in terms of looking at the core metric, what really matter. Uh, and that was an interesting exercise. Mm -hmm. So we had to move that. But we lost a lot of data in terms of that signals that we cared a lot in terms of demographic insights uh, that would allow us targeting. Uh, in a way, it made us less look less into platform data than we were used to it mm -hmm. so we would look at every platform and trust more on on that that insight mm -hmm. and now okay we need more high level a more high level understanding of the whole all blended metrics more than anything mm -hmm. um but at the same time 
made it hard. So it's easier because now you have just blended metrics to look at. You have less metrics, but it made it hard to make decisions in a granular level when let's say your ROAS is too low or your CPA is too high. Mm -hmm. And you, you want to know exactly where you have to move that lever. Uh, I had more visibility before. Now you need to use attribution platforms if you want. That is also very subjective. Mm -hmm. um, so it, it's still challenging. It changed the way the game is played a bit. Uh, but I think from from a high level standpoint, a lot of people struggled, and we because we built this whole uh, understanding in terms of blended metrics and so on, we were able to actually scale. And that is what I've been doing with Axer in the last five months without being afraid of, oh my gosh, Facebook's under reporting. Yeah. Is, the, is the top number okay? Is what we feel it's healthy? Okay, keep pushing, keep going. Yeah. Well, man, there's like I have probably 5 billion questions just going through my head. And I'm like, hey, I can ask this, or like we go down this realm. And I mean, we could go super deep in, in so many different directions, uh -huh. but. Uh, um but yeah i mean ios in and of itself could be just a full-on th yeah. three four hour conversation um and, and kind of the things that we saw we actually did a, a similar thing where we kind of pulled back and looked a little bit more on the, the blended i think we call the blended realize as well just kind of like well okay so what's actually happening because when you look in the actual platform i mean at facebook and google and even clavio and sms you just they all like to take credit for things that they uh -huh. really didn't do so that's yeah. where an attribution thing, you know, tool comes in. But those also, you I mean, you played with those, you know, the, the mm -hmm. drawbacks and, and the, the limitations of, of an attribution window as well. So attribution is just a, it's a crapshoot. Nobody knows how to do, knows knows how to do it. But yeah. we, we kind of talked about this already. But the, uh, the what are the tried and true principles between, you know, selling a product via paid ads um, all the way to you know selling a service, selling kind of more of that software realm where you're not limited by inventory. What's the what's worked for you on both both fronts uh the, sh the answer is so cliche that i'm even ashamed <laughs> of saying it uh that is actually a good product uh, uh -huh. that that makes the the difference when advertising mm -hmm. and you know that uh the the organic halo the the referral aspect the the product that you actually sell and people feel comfortable sharing with their friends and that want more people to wear or to use makes makes all the difference uh, I've also advertised crappy products and I know how hard it is to force demand like, like I've done in the past. Yeah. Uh, so I think that it's actually what makes the difference. Uh, but what the, the major overlap is that the frameworks we just talked work for either or mm -hmm. that, and I'm talking about FinTech and okay, long, uh, slightly longer funnel, uh, the decision-making process, the decision tree is a bit different, mm -hmm. but the principles are the same. Yeah. Uh, the emails, the how to talk to the customer. And that is the big difference of extra compared to the rest of the industry that I really love. And one of the reasons why I joined mm -hmm. is that we're talking to the customer in a way that is not fintech. Uh, it doesn't sound like fintech or we don't want that. To, at least our goal is to not sound like one or a bank or a corporate. It's to sound like a D2C brand that yeah. really understands the customer that is talking the language of the customer. And that is why we leverage creators so much too. Because creators speak the language of their audience, mm -hmm. something we can do it. We know we're doing our best to, to learn our audience, but you know your audience better than I do. So why not you speaking my behalf? Yeah, that's a that's a little nugget right there. Because D to D to C brands usually, um, you know, the really successful ones are really good at understanding their customer and talking to their customer. 
Um, and then you get this huge disconnect, like you mentioned, banks and big corporations, like they don't, you know, maybe, I don't know, maybe there are some that have kind of figured it out, but like for the most part, that whole industry just doesn't. And for, for people who are starting product-based businesses or within that D2C realm, keeping in mind that, you know, talk to your customer, be one, kind of be one with your customer, like understand like what they, yeah. how they talk, where they talk, where they're at and, uh, and meet them there and, and build that relationship. And I think that's, that's, uh, that's an interesting insight into something that you're taking from the product realm and, mm -hmm. and making work and, and hopefully, and I can only imagine that it's going to do really well taking that approach within a whole new mm -hmm. industry. Um, yeah, I, yeah. And just to add one thing that you just said, I think it's so valuable. Um, and tying to one thing that I mentioned in terms of simplifying, uh, you mentioned your customer, understanding the customer, and, and that doesn't really matter your size. I think creating a system where you randomly pick uh, a couple customers from the top and from the bottom uh, of your of your list and give them a, send them a message or an email, hey, I'd love to jump on a call. We're a brand that is just starting. We did so much that at Vessi. And mm -hmm. nothing recording, nothing fancy in terms of serving it. Can we jump on a call and hear why you bought the product? How was the, tell me a little bit, how did you navigate the website? Was, was that easy for you to buy when you got it? Was your the size or you tried to return it? Were you able to do it? Uh, that made, that gave so many ideas of campaigns, of things we need when improving the funnel uh, that are there for free in a call. Uh, the, the other version of that is, Spend some time with Google Tag Manager, put, install Hotjar, you, you get for free for a hundred sessions or so, watch them. You're mm -hmm. gonna you're gonna be so impressed by how people behave differently from what you expect. And right there with a notepad in your hand, you're gonna get 10 ideas of things you should be doing that you're forgetting. Yeah. This is all simple. It's nothing robust or that you need five people doing it. It's not a secret. Yeah. Yeah. Just to wrap it up, we've got three questions that we ask everybody that we uh, that we bring onto okay. the onto the podcast. One is, if you had to start a product based business right now today, what would it be and why? Uh, Put you on the spot. Uh, yeah, no, uh, I, I don't think I would start one. Uh, no, I'm yeah. joking. You got it's out of that bad. world. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I I still believe, and again, I I think I'm a book of cliches. Uh, I think we need to do something we're aligned in some way, shape, or form. We have to enjoy mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. So for me, it would probably be something barbecue related. I would sell All barbecue right. products. I would do stuff because I like, and mm -hmm. that would reflect in the way I behave, the way I treat the clients, the way I, I launch the products. Uh, and that uniqueness, that, that is something we have been trying to implement more and more, and I would recommend everyone to do it. Try not to sound like everyone else. Sound like kind of like yourself or something yeah. with a personality around mm -hmm. uh, on your email, on your message. Try not be so evergreen everybody does the same thing kind of thing yeah. um so i think i would launch a probably a barbecue brand i love bar barbecue accessories and stuff like that i love that i'm gonna have to ask you more questions about your barbecue world I, this well, is it's brand a brand. whole podcast it's a whole podcast <laughs> that's that's new i didn't know you were into that that's awesome i love it uh -huh. um what's the best piece of advice that you can give someone who's starting a business if you have a couple of customers talk to them and implement those ideas and the other portion is don't really think too much about scale yet until you have that basic, just a good landing page, a good, a good email that doesn't take like it's, it's two or three steps. You don't need the five steps on the funnel, but just those really well done. Yeah. 
All right. And then the, the last question I got for you um, is what can our audience do for you? So like, we, we try to get our audience a little bit engaged. Like, are you looking, are you hiring people or you just want to connect with them on LinkedIn or like, what, what are you looking for? How can they help you out? Extra is hiring a ton. Uh, yeah. I was team member 25. We're 80 now. So wow. in just five months. So we're really, my team is growing a lot. So extra.app slash careers, just go there, take a look. Uh, if, if you heard, the podcast you're going to get already past the phase one of the the whole screening process I'm joking major <laughs> with me now but, use code but, use code <laughs> power, product power up to get hired at extra.app yeah <laughs> exactly uh, um but but no connect if uh, i'm i'm here to help i'm still learning uh so anytime anyone needs something just ping me on, on linkedin that is definitely the best place here to help uh, that's basically it awesome what's your uh, linkedin name I'm just my, my my complicated name, like you started saying, Gabriel <laughs> Scaglia Diaz. Um, Excellent. All right, I made you yeah. say it. <laughs> yeah, it, and I'm trying to add an accent to my name for to make it easier. It's just a shit show. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, man, it was a pleasure talking to you as always. Yeah. Hey, thank you so much. I wish uh, we could have spent four hours talking because you've got so much knowledge that I wish I could just pull out of your brain. But hey, thanks so much. I appreciate you uh, jumping on, and uh, we'll uh, be talking soon. See ya. Take care. Bye bye. Thank you for joining us. Be sure to subscribe and visit us at sharehouse.com to join the community today.